Should all these rankings be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all these rankings be forgot and all reviews are kind? Oh, I like that. Yeah, because everyone gives us nice reviews and that's cool. Excellent. Thanks, y'all. Hi, everybody. Hey. Welcome to Ranking the Beatles. Episode 28. How's it going, everyone? How's it going, Julia? Um, pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Ready for a little holiday break. A little holiday break, yeah. Very exciting. Good, good. I'm excited for it, too. It's uh, It's been a long year. To say the least. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but, y'all, we've made it to the end of the year. We did we've it. We've done it. We've seen 2020... To its natural conclusion. I mean, I don't know that anything's going to change for 2021. I feel like it's... Well, we'll see. There's hope. There's a glimmer of hope. Well, yeah. I'm trying to be an optimist. Thanks. As best I can. Sorry that I'm the eternal pessimist. Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. The dichotomy of our relationship preserved in a podcast. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody... Um. Yeah, if you haven't been to our show before, like it's not a place, uh, if you haven't listened to our show before, uh, what we do is we have a list of 223 songs uh, recorded and released by the Beatles. We put them in an order, or I did. Yeah, I had nothing to not do with to this. Take all the credit, Don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I put them in my own personal uh, least favorite to most favorite uh, ranking, and we discuss them every week with different guests. And this week, we have some very special guests can i tell you about them please do all right our guests this week are a husband and wife duo from new orleans who host a podcast where they rank 223 songs recorded and released by the beatles no way way they've been together married officially for 13 years a long time. They live in this very house. <laughs> you guys, we're your guests today. Da -da! We've cloned ourselves. <laughs> just kidding. That would be terrible. <laughs> We've lost all sense of time and we don't, we're just talking to ourselves now. Um, no, but I was thinking uh, for this episode at the end of the year, it would be fun to kind of do uh, what we're going to do the usual ranking, but also do kind of like a year in review. A little wrap up, put a little bow on the year, mm -hmm. and um, just spend a little time, a little, a little one on one with you guys. And, and also, like, we don't want to bother people around the holidays. Yeah, there's Give so much going on. Take a break, y'all. Yeah. yeah, we know like everyone's clearing their schedule to appear on Rankin' the Beatles, and right. we appreciate right. the 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 willingness and the eagerness of the masses to be on our show. Thought it'd be good to give them a little holiday break. We hear you clamoring. Yes. We see you. We get the fan mail. <laughs> we get the weird packages of hair and teeth. We oh, get it. There were teeth? I, I hid the teeth from you. <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep you immune from... Trying to keep you immune from the spotlight of celebrity. 
Thank you for that protection. You're welcome. That's what I, terrifying. That's what I do for my partner. <laughs> but uh, no, we thought it'd be fun to do just a little year in review. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. So hope you guys are, are up for it. We're excited about it. Um, so I wanted to ask Julia, my beautiful wife, my beautiful partner in life, how... So, okay, when I first started talking about doing this podcast... If you weren't here at the beginning, listeners, when, when this idea first came up, a friend of mine was like, you should have a co-host. And I was like, yeah, I probably should. And I was thinking to myself, who would want to do this with me? I couldn't think of anybody that would want to do this with me, aside from probably Kyle Melanson, the previous guest. Um, so sitting on the couch next to Julia, as we do in the evenings, and I brought this question up and she said, you know, I'd be willing to do it shock surprise didn't see that coming but now here we are all these months later 28 episodes in and you couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else anyone else it's it's the best so i want to ask you my love how has your opinion on the band changed over the last six months that we've been doing this Hmm, that's a good question um i don't know i don't know that it has a whole lot um because I didn't have like a really strong opinion about them mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, like I always liked them. But Even I... living with me in a house that's filled with Beatles crap. Right. You were you still maintain sort of neutra- neutrality. I've sort of become like immune to it at this point. <laughs> like I'm so inundated by it at all times. I'm just like, this is my life. It's just a skin it's tag. Just there. <laughs> it's just there all the time. <laughs> The doctor's like, it's not hurting anything. Just leave it. <laughs> like, you know how when, like, you know how you, like, can't smell your own house? Yeah. Do you know what I Like, yeah. but it's sort of like but that. But you smell everyone else's house? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so prevalent in the house that it just exists. Like, I don't see it any right. longer. It's just there. <laughs> sure. From a musical standpoint, as you've mm-hmm. listened to these songs more intently, though, mm-hmm. um, you know, what has... Has anything changed since then? Have you thought differently about anything? Um, it's good to know that they made some clunkers. <laughs> sure. Like they're not perfect. Right. Um, and not only they're very not perfect in that they've actually made some quite bad songs, some of which still have Disagree. not. Uh, do you? <laughs> well, we're, we have to define bad. I'm thinking of one in particular. I know. I know. We'll We'll get to that. Um, we'll that. And then there's still some well, two in particular, I guess, that are that have not gotten here yet. Yeah, that we still have to discuss. True. Um, that uh, not great, not not great subject matter. Sure. Um, they kind of hit a little bit of a problematic feelings yeah. in a yeah a little peppy pop song. Yeah. So, um, in a positive way, though. Has there been any like, oh, I didn't realize that they were good at this or like I hadn't appreciated X, Y, Z. I've learned a couple things. Or are we not in those songs yet? They're really like changing those. I feel like ideas. we're not quite to those songs yet. There there have been a couple of things along the way that were things that I didn't know that I learned. Um, you know, I know they did like a lot of tech, like invented a lot of technical like recording um 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, methods, methods mm-hmm. and tricks and sure. things like that that are still in use today. They invented the the DI box. Yeah. Ah. Look at you yes. remembering terms. So now yes. when I'm like, my DI box broke, you're going to know what I'm talking about. No, not necessarily. I don't know what that does. Well, you'll know that I, you'll know what it is. You'll be like, that's a thing that, yeah, the Beatles invented that. Yeah, now that's you all I know. One. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, I know that they created a lot. Yeah. But. Um, that's okay. I think, I think we're not to the point yet of like real juicy mind expansion tunes. Right. But we're getting there. So. Right. Cool. Okay. What about you? Have you learned anything? You're the resident Beatles expert. So I can't imagine I've like, I personally have opened up a wealth of knowledge unbeknownst to you previously. (laughs) I I think, I I think um, I hadn't really listened to the songs in the catalog with like real intent in a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been interesting to kind of dive in from a more, analytical perspective which Mm -hmm. i really hadn't done um in a long long time Mm -hmm. so that's been kind of interesting and i think i've learned to appreciate a a few different things um definitely i've definitely been surprised by some of the musicality in the earlier stuff Mm -hmm. like a prime example is like p.s i love you i was like this song is just like trite and you know not my jam Mm -hmm. super simple whatever and then we discussed it with dave pomelo and then he and i were doing a a a show together and we were playing that song and he keeps telling me like you're missing a chord and there's like one tricky little passing chord and i was like oh god i get it those tricky bastards (laughs) like like i i was not appreciating like the early onset of like tricky musicality that they have. Right. And, and I feel like you touched on that in the episode yeah. too. So I guess it took you a minute to catch on. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I'm, I'm catching that in other things too. Uh-huh. Um, and that's been really neat. Um, you know, and to kind of touch on what you were saying earlier, I don't think I'd really connected the dots on something like the message in you like me too much mm-hmm. where it's kind of like, Oh, this is kind of toxic. Um, you know, sociopath. Right. <laughs> Not healthy Not behavior. The, yeah. <laughs> um, that kind of made me go, oh, well, yeah, that, you know, something always had felt weird about that song and I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it always just seemed somewhat cocky or arrogant. Right. Um, but I hadn't looked at it from the perspective of who he was singing that to. Mm-hmm. Um, so to look at it from that perspective was kind of eye opening. Yeah, like you, you know, I can sit in my life experience mm-hmm. and see that like I know that man, like yes. I've met that man. It's not me. I, it's not you. Um, <laughs> Just to clarify, I I don't know that I've dated that man. I probably have. Um, I'd have to think about it for a minute, but um, I know people that have. I know sure. people that have married that man. <laughs> um, but you're sending it from your life experience of probably also knowing that man, but not your relationship to that man is different right. than like my relationship to that man right. is. Sure. So like while it felt off to you because you generally wouldn't be friends with someone like that, um, 
I see it more easily because of the um, like watching people sort of be the victim of that manipulation. Yeah. Um, And you probably don't see it quite as in depth or I'm not saying it like you're ignorant to it, but like you just just, experience it through a different lens than a woman would have. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. I get that now. And that I think that makes me look at lyrics not just in the Beatles catalog, but in other things. And it's it's letting me see things through a, a different lens than maybe I'd seen things before. Right. And maybe, I, and even now, I don't know that I always still do, but when I sit and really study something, I, I can kind of, those perspectives will kind of pop their heads up. And, and I think that's interesting. That's the wonderful thing about having a, a diverse set of voices in your world because you get the worldview of different people's perspectives and lived experience and lenses. And just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. I think we've learned a lot of that. Right. Recently, especially. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do tell. Yeah. So, you know, it's always good to keep people around you and listen to people that have different experiences from you because you can learn so much and like see things from a completely different perspective and be like, oh, interesting. I never saw it that way, but I hear you and Mm -hmm. I see you. And thank you for sharing that with me. And it makes me think back to when I was first thinking about doing this podcast and I hadn't anticipated the idea of a co-host or guests. I was just going to talk about the songs and now thinking to myself, how would I talk to the wall about these songs in a reasonable way that anybody would give a shit about? (laughs) Like, There has to be a dialogue about it. Right. And that was kind of the the beauty of the original Facebook posts was like it was instant dialogue. Right. And now we have it with a guest and then we further that dialogue on Facebook or wherever we talk about it. Um, But how would I have done this by myself? No idea. I would have given up on this three shows in easily. Probably. (laughs) Easily. I probably wouldn't have listened because I listened to you all the time. Yeah, you're like, hon, you were great this week. (laughs) Sounds great. I listened. It was fantastic. What was that song again? Oh, yeah. So great. It was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So a big thanks to you for joining me on this. And a big thanks to uh, our previous guest, Alex Rawls, for going you should probably have a, uh, a co-host on this. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have been a, uh, Thanks, a lost ball in the high weeds yeah. on this escapade otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what do you say we dive in and do a little ranking? Let's do it. Gang, I should let y'all know as well, we do have a couple of other special guests here in the studio. You may hear them in the background. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> uh, that little flappity flap noise you just heard. That's Maxwell. He's chilling here in RTB headquarters with us today, as is the one and only JoJo. Hey, JoJo. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, our two dogs are here in the room. They're usually not in the room with us, uh, but, you know, we figured why not today. It's the holidays. It's the holidays. Keep them close. Yeah. Um, Our little family. Yeah. Uh, If you look at our Christmas card this year, which I've shared to our social medias as of today, uh, you will see the Predis family the ranking of the Beatles family has recreated the album cover of With the Beatles, the famous Robert Freeman photograph. This uh, photograph was redone for our Christmas card by the one, uh, the most talented photographer, the one and only Miss 
Julia Priedis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you. Oh, hush. Throwing out the skills. Oh, hush. Mm-hmm. I did it with the iPhone. It was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I actually do have like a couple SLRs and I pulled you them out. You are a good photographer. Thank you. Um, but then it was like very hot and it just seemed easier to just do it with a phone and it worked out Technology really well. Technology works well. So it's a small postcard. It doesn't need to be super high res. Yeah. It's fine iPhone is fine. Also, like, iPhone cameras are getting pretty high res now, so it's good. Yeah. So good job on that. Thank you. I figured it was about time to put some laughs out into the world. Agreed. Agreed. We did get some laughs. We did. We did. We hope you guys enjoy it on our Facebook page. Anyway, let's rank some songs, my friends. So, coming in today at number 190, Julia, drumroll, please. There's a place. There's a place where I can go when I feel low, when I feel blue. And it's my mind, and there's no Written in early 1963, shortly before entering the studio to record their debut album in the front room of Paul's house on Forthland Road, uh, John and Paul composed the song There's a Place. John is on record saying that this was a song he shouldered the majority of the weight on uh, and has claimed that originally the song was inspired by the song Something from the West Side Story soundtrack, which begins with the line, There's a Place for Us. Gave them a little starting point and they jumped off from there. Uh, The band originally had high hopes for this track, uh, feeling it was maybe a bit more mature and complicated than the rest of their catalog up to this point, and made sure that this was actually the first track they worked on uh, the day that they gathered at uh, EMI's Abbey Road Studios to record the Please Please Me album. So they were like, this is the new hotness. Let's put this on top of the deck. We want to work on this one first. We feel like it's really a jam. It's really our our new hotness. Let's do this first. Uh, It took 10 takes to capture a satisfactory track, uh, which was then augmented later in the session with a harmonica overdub, which as soon as that harmonica kicked in, you cringed, (laughs) Julia. A little bit. Not a fan of the harmonica, we'll find out. Uh, Replacing the riff of the song that was previously played by George. You can kind of barely hear it in the mix on the track if you listen with headphones. Uh, So... Interestingly enough, though, the song went from being the track that they were maybe most excited about on the day of the session to the second to last track on the album. Uh, They played it three times live at the BBC. And while it's not documented on any set list from the time, one assumes it got some live play uh, on stage. However, by September of 63, the song was performed for the final time on the BBC and then made its exit from Beatles World. So, why do I have this song at 190? I've always found this song to be pretty interesting. Um, Almost the entirety of the Please Please Me album is basically the sound of like a young, hungry, amped up band who've been chomping at the bit for their shot, and they're just kind of slaying everything in front of them. Um, There's an electricity of excitement and nerves that runs through the entire record. And There's a Place has that, but it's just kind of a different version of that. Um, to me, lyrically, this has John's fingerprints all over the lyric. I think it's the first time we get a glimpse of the writer that brings us in my life, nowhere, man, strawberry fields forever. Um, 
that more introspective, serious, uh, internal side. It's like when you're in a high school poetry class and most of it's just kind of trite garbage, but then there's like the one kid who writes something genuinely good and deep and real. And everyone goes like, Oh my God, that kid's way deeper than we originally gave him credit for, you know? Um, and by no means am I saying that the songs on this album are trite and, and, you know, high school poetry crap. I'm just using this as an example. Um, it's a great moment of introspection in the midst of like a party. And I kind of love that about it. Um, vocals, you know, I've, I've talked before about that great blend that John and Paul have together, like from early, early on. And it's really on point here, even though I think it's maybe not their best technical performance. If I'm being like tough on them from a technical side, you know, Paul's maybe a touch sharp here and there. John's a bit wobbly from sometimes on pitch, but you know, famously on the day they make the record, he's got a cold and his throat's just like torn apart. You know, they're playing, you know, nonstop. Always with the excuses. Yeah. Always. I mean, they're playing, you know, eight days a week. Ooh, peace and love. Um, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, so, but you know, they go into the session. John is already sick, working on limited vocal range. He gets a pass, whatever. Um, but they've got the energy and excitement and passion that in the performance that pulls it off. I think that kind of overcomes any you know, nerves or early in the day vocal shakes. So I'm, yeah, I'm giving them the pass, deal with it, <laughs> whatever. Uh, even at, at, at this early point though, they're working to their strengths and I think they know that they can sing their asses off together. Like they know like that they do what they do. Well, uh, there's some really interesting melodic turns that I think we don't see them returning to again after this song. Um, you know, I think overall it's a great tune that maybe gets a bit unappreciated. That's my two cents, though. What do you think, my dear? As I've already stated, I did find the harmonica to be a bit abrasive. I feel like you're job. not a harmonica fan. Is that a fair assessment? Because um, in previous songs that have the harmonica, you generally go like, when it first I? comes on. Yeah, mm, Maybe. Maybe I just don't like to hear it first. Maybe it, maybe I like it in the middle. More of a blended thing. Ma- yeah, more of a blended. Because I don't think I dislike it. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just sort of ambivalent about it. But when it's prevalent, I'm... Lead harmonica is not your jam. Maybe that's it. Sure. Maybe, I, maybe I'll enjoy like a little mini solo or something. Or just like some layered in the mix. Yeah. It's good for me. But I don't want it to be like the most intense thing I've heard. Okay. Um, maybe that's where I sit with it. Okay. Um... So yeah, that was a bit abrasive for me at the top. I was pretty meh on the song until you talked about how it was sort of like a, a bit of a deeper meaning because I tend to, when I listen to a Beatles song, just sort of settle into like a romantic love setting yeah. of a song. Yeah. And that's just sort of where my brain automatically goes and that's where I went for this one and then when you sort of talked about how it was, you know, a bit deeper than sort of a surface thing. Um, I was like, well, you know, it doesn't, this doesn't necessarily have to be about a romantic love. Like this could be a friend. He could be writing this about Paul. Like they have such a strong bond, such a strong relationship. Like maybe writing with Paul is his happy place that he goes to when Mm -hmm. he's feeling blue. Um, you know, that's also a possibility. So I'm like, I I think I, you kind of like changed my perspective on this song. I Mm. think I have a, look at (laughs) you. I think I have a bit more appreciation for it. Not being such like a, it's a peppy love song. Right. You know, (laughs) just like your basic Beatles peppy love song kind of thing. Um, 
So, yeah. Okay. I think I like it a little bit more. Nice. I do wish that he would have, you know, cared for his mental health a bit more. Yeah. Taking it a bit more seriously. Well, I mean, in the early 60s, there is no conversation about mental health. True, true. You know, like, they're still using phrases for people that we don't use. and Correct. You know, obviously, John's known for his stage antics mocking people and right you know that just wasn't a concern you just dealt with it right you know especially being from like working class sort of where you know where he comes from Mm -hmm. um that probably wasn't thing a thing that was discussed right amongst them yeah um yeah but i i think also you know writing a song like this you know he's the you know if he's the kid who's kind of putting on like the bully kind of arrogant cocky you know teddy boy cool kid face mm-hmm. but then at the same time he's the kid who's you know a little sensitive a little sensitive yeah. but doesn't have necessarily the output to show that or the courage to show that um while you know we were talking about this earlier this morning you know like while they're playing at the cavern club and everyone's doing you know twist and shout and hippie hippie shake and you know these like rock and roll kind of sweaty, you know, jams to have the courage to write something like this Mm -hmm. and not be like under like the protection of like, it's a cover, Mm -hmm. you know, we're doing this more sensitive thing, but it's a cover. We didn't write that. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not us. Um, It's maybe a bit more courageous to say like, not only did we write that, but we're putting that on our first record. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe they hide it at the, towards the end of the the record, you know, but it's still on the record, but it's still there. Yeah. And like, maybe that was a statement of saying like, Hey, people that have feelings about things, even though we're not allowed to talk about it, like I wrote a song about it. I see you and I hear you. And like, I have feelings too. And you're going to hear about them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I I think one of the things also that maybe gave me a bit more appreciation for this song uh, in a couple different ways was digging around on YouTube and finding a couple of covers of it that I thought were interesting. Um, One was by the Kestrels which is a British uh, kind of Frankie Valley in the four seasons kind of group. Uh, They did a cover of it in late 63. The intro is a bit weird. You made kind of a ew face again when I first played it for you. And then once it goes into the track, once we get to the lyrics, it's kind of a bit more of a Motown feel almost. Did you get that? I didn't get that. On the track, the track and the backing vocals. The lead vocal was definitely like kind of a a weird Frankie Valley vibrato type thing. Mm -hmm. But something about it sounded a bit more in the Motown sense that I think John talks about how he was what he was aiming for with it because mm-hmm. he's said oh that's a motown thing i tried to do um i think maybe instrumentally on that track that feels a bit there to, just my I'll own personal give it a re-listen because i didn't pick up on, on that. that at all yeah but i was also listening on my phone i didn't like yeah. <laughs> play it on the speakers so right. i might have missed something 
Um, and then the other version was a live cover by the Lemon Twigs that I thought was really interesting. Um, and it's just kind of like a vocal and piano mm-hmm. cover um, that came out a lot more. It was uh, part of it was kind of Rufus Wainwrighty mm-hmm. a little bit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it puts a little more emphasis on the solitude of the lyric that I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting. It made me appreciate what those guys do because I've heard some of their stuff and it's really good. Um, but it gave me a bit more appreciation for like maybe they're coming from a lot more of a beatly pop, you know, sensibility than I originally thought. There is a also kind of made me realize like oh this actually song this song is actually kind of uh kind of sad yeah especially in this kind of manner right like the kestrel's cover was very it was more upbeat (laughs) than the original beatles performance and the lemon twigs Twigs. the lemon twigs was um like more somber than the beatles performance yes like the beatles kind of sit right in the middle with their original and i think the kestrel's version it it sort of like took a bit of the the gravity of the the lyrics right away mm-hmm. um and but i think the lemon twigs enhances it yes. like if that's if that's the way you want to hear the song with you know if if our interpretation is anywhere near or i should say your interpretation that you've brought me into <laughs> i shouldn't say <laughs> our interpretation let's be clear nah. um but if you're we're, we're married we share everything <laughs> if your interpretation is correct I think the lemon twigs like brought some gravity to the song, which yeah. is nice. Like it's it's actually like really beautiful and simple, just two vocals and a piano. Sure, it's lovely. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, and I have to wonder how much of their crowd is like hip to like the side two of "Please Please Me," <laughs> and you know wondered what that was. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was a really cool. Yeah, because if you if I had never heard. There's a place, and you played me the Lemon Twigs version. You wouldn't think that's a Beatles song from 1963. No, absolutely not, because it's very uh, somber the way that they play it. And if you were like, oh, yeah, that's a Beatles cover, I'd be like, piss off, whatever. (laughs) It's not a Beatles song, you dummy. God, you're not getting me this time, (laughs) Prudus. I like that. You guys, he likes to make me believe things that aren't true all the time. (laughs) Totally. Oh, man. One time they were <laughs> they were doing construction on the the median of the interstate, laying this concrete. Okay, let's track. wait. Let me preface this by saying he did not get me with this one. I totally got it. With you this. did not, and I will tell it you. It was why. this long concrete run going through the middle of the median on the interstate where we live, and there, there's there's grass there. There's a long concrete run where she's going. What is that? And I told her that it was part of a long bike path they were building from New Orleans to Baton Rouge that was part of the president's physical fitness initiative. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew that he was lying because that is a massive liability issue. There's no way that they would let people bicycle in the middle of the interstate. Are you going to build it through like the swampland? No, like 
you got to go like through a main thoroughfare. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to run into alligators and snakes and stuff. Stop it. There's alligator no can way. Alligator can take a person off a bicycle real easy. So that one I did not believe. <laughs> that one I did not believe. But there have been a few that Fruity. I'm like, oh, really? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Marriage is fun. So fun. I love you. It's a treat. Every now and then I get you, though. You do. It's pretty rare, but sometimes I manage to get one in. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> I'm a terrible liar. <laughs> That's true. So 190. What do you think about this song, where it's at? When you think about what's come and gone, I know Long and Winding Road, you, you already already said it. Um, do you feel this is accurate at 190? Don't steal my words. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, I, I feel good about it. I think it's fine. Like... It kind of sits with these, like, yeah, they're good songs, mm-hmm. but there's so much greatness yet to come, yet to come, yeah, ahead of us. So, um, yeah, I'm good with it. Cool. I don't really have any debate here. I think this is something where I've really been, you know, as I sat and really do, dug into this, you know, I you start to see the through line of things through the the career, and you know, like this is like the starting point. For John, that goes from, you know, there's a place to in my life and nowhere, man. Mm-hmm. I'm only sleeping. Um, I'm so tired. All the way to like watching the wheels. Mm-hmm. This kind of like, uh, you know, introspective, introspective. Yeah. You know, there's a lot happening in the world that I can't process, so mm-hmm. I kind of just internalize into myself. Right. Um. You know, there's a that's kind of an interesting kind of trajectory that this song kind of gives me the starting point for now. Yeah. You can like watch him grow as a mm-hmm. writer and get better and better with yeah. the same very loose subject matter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this has kind of put a different appreciation on this song for me that I think gives a weight to a record that gets overlooked is just kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, it's their stage show. It's what they're playing at the Cavern Club because that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Um. You know, and this is like, well, but, you know, they're also like, this is the first clue to the new direction, mm. you know? Yeah. So. And to, like, be brave enough to put that, you know, a song that sort of, I think, lightly touches on depression. Yeah. You know, to, like, to be so brave to, like, put that on an album. That yeah. says a lot. That's it pretty is, important. Yeah. yeah. And then, I, and that probably gave him the courage to, like, write more. The fact that he got it on a record and it was put out and so many copies were bought. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, well, I can do that. Like, people want that. People want to hear that. It might not have been some people's favorite song. Right. But, like, I there's have a to place imagine. For that to, there's a place for it to exist. Right. And I have to imagine, like, a lot of young people identified with that. They heard that and they were like, oh, I feel like that sometimes, too. I'm not the only one. Right. High five. <laughs> well, let's move oh, on to you woke another. Up Jojo one. with the high five. Sorry, pal. He's sleeping. Jojo, what do you think about that one? Are you happy with that one? His tail's wagging. His tail wagging. He's he's stoked about it. Maxwell's still sleeping. He doesn't care about any of this. He doesn't give it. He doesn't care. No. <laughs> well, let's move on to our next one. Number two. Number two, everybody. All right, we're gonna jump ahead to the with the Beatles album. Does anyone know why they called it with the Beatles? That it just never made sense to me. I don't get it. No. Is it like an evening with the Beatles? A listening experience with the Beatles? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I don't quite care for it, but it's mm. okay. It's just some like record exec. It's like, yeah, just call it, 
Call it with the Beatles. It's great. Do you know what Jordan Martin <laughs> wanted to call their first record before they settled on Please Please Me? What? Off the Beatle track. You know, like off the beaten track? Oh, George. Yeah. Oh. Off the Beatle track. Womp womp. Yeah. E. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. There's so many great like moments in their history where they could have gone with the other choice (gasps) that would have been so bad i mean you know you have to wonder though really would it have been like it would still be accepted as canon like it doesn't matter yes but i mean (laughs) no one bought the record because it was called please are you i would i would dis so i would say that people are less inclined to buy a record that has an awful title though Hmm. and that is an awful title but was that their second album? Was the, no, their first one. Oh, their first one? Yeah. Um, ugh, I don't know. If you just name it after a track, no one cares. It's just product. And that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. But if you give it a truly bad name. Like you put effort into it. Yeah. You came up with something new. Like you're trying to be clever and you suck at it. That's going to turn <laughs> off a buyer, I think. So George Martin. <laughs> Maybe not Amazing the best at the album titles. producer. Yeah. Terrible at wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. Yeah. They also talked about calling Abbey Road Everest at one point uh, after a cigarette brand, but they were talking about going to Mount Everest to take the photo for the album cover. Also a bad idea. What is a cigarette brand? Brand was called Everest. Oh, uh, sorry. You said Abbey Road Everest, and I was like, what no, is that no, a was, play on? What? I thought it was call like Abbey all Road three. Everest. I got it <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Ignore me, everyone. <laughs> it's fine. But I need more coffee. Also, a terrible album title with a terrible conceptual cover. Yes. Just cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Glad they decided to just be lazy and take it out in front of the building. Let's just go outside and do it. Jesus Which is Christ. like. And now it's iconic. Iconic. Yeah. yeah. We have little magnets. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we do. Of the four of them. like Merchandising. Merchandising. Oh, my gosh. I had to have those, though. Mm-hmm. I, it was like my one purchase in Liverpool from, like, the Beatles shop. Yeah. But I thought they were darling. They are adorable. They're so cute. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I kind of can I buy those. <laughs> Is it lame to buy something in, like, the touristy gift shops? But it was like, I don't know, what were they, like, 15 pounds or something? <laughs> Probably more than we should have paid for a magnet. But or a set four of four magnets. magnets. Yeah, okay, fair enough. value. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Priedis loves nothing more than a good value. It's true. This is true. It's true. Um, <laughs> Surprised you weren't looking for a coupon code on your phone <laughs> <laughs> for the Hard Day's Night shop. Is that the shop that we were in? Mm-hmm. Oh, you remember this. That's game. where we met Chris Charrick, the yeah. drummer of Oasis. No, that's not where I got them. Oh, you got them at the shop of the street. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was like you had to like go downstairs. You're right. You have to look up and see what the name of that shop was. I think it's the Beatles shop. Oh. I'll look at it. Oh. <laughs> we'll plug them both. Why not? Yeah. It was cute. And I just, I saw them and I was like, that's what I want to bring home from Liverpool. <laughs> Adorable. All right, let's get back to Sorry, that was let's a get back very on the Beatle path. <laughs> oh no! Yes, coming in at number one eighty nine. Drum roll, Jonathan is devil in her heart. That sounded kind of like a fart. <laughs> She's got the devil in her heart.
So one of the perks of having a manager who owns a record store also is getting to browse the stacks after hours. And this is a perk afforded to the Beatles as their manager, Brian Epstein, also owned the NEMS record store. Uh, George Harrison mentioned that Brian had a policy of ordering one copy of every new release available. If it sold, he'd buy more copies. Uh, but with that, you know, there's also a ton of discs that he would have in stock that were unknown, unsold records, single copies that would just remain in the racks. So the boys would hang in the shop after hours, digging through all the records and seeing if they could find something that looked interesting. They'd give it a listen, see if they liked it. Uh, and it's, you know, part of this is, you know, how they crafted a stage show where they're not doing all the exact covers that every other beat group is doing. So they're picking up some more obscure things that no one else is covering that helps them stand out from the crowd. Um, and through this method, according to George, that they stumbled upon two songs on the same day. The first being Money by Barrett Strong and the second being Devil in Her Heart. So this song is written by a Detroit musician named Richard Drapkin and recorded by the Michigan girl group The Dones. I think that's how you pronounce it. D-O-N-A-Y-S. There's not a ton of information about them. There's a little bit, but no one specifying how to pronounce the name. So we're going to go with Dones. Uh, so the Dones released 145. Uh, the A side is Bad Boy, not the Larry Williams song the Beatles cover. Um, and the B-side is Devil in His Heart. So the A-side receives a little bit of airplay in the U.S., and the small label that it was on also had distribution available through a larger label, who then decided to distribute the record internationally. Um, so that's how it ends up in the U.K., and NEMS ordering a copy of the record. So even though it gets virtually no airplay in the U.K., at least one copy ends up in the NEMS record store in Liverpool, and at some point catches the attention of at least one Beatle named George Harrison. So the band had already started playing it live before deciding to record it for inclusion on their second album with the Beatles. Uh, in a four-hour session on July 18th of 1963, the band lay down tracks for three different covers. You've Really Got a Hold on Me, Devil in Her Heart, and Money. The basic track for Devil in Her Heart was recorded in three tracks. Uh, then George went back and overdubbed lead guitar, double-tracked his vocal, and Ringo overdubbed a maraca track as well. Uh, there's no real track record of the song getting a lot of live play after this, aside from some BBC sessions. And by the end of the year, George's vocal spot in their show is being filled by his other track from this album, uh, which is a cover of Roll Over Beethoven. The band uh, stumbled their way back into the song six years later during the Let It Be sessions while working out John's song Don't Let Me Down. As George is figuring out his parts for the song, John mentions that what he's playing sounds like what he used to play in Devil in Her Heart. And the band all fall into it, though no one seems to remember the lyrics, the chords, or the rhythm of the song, which is, it's pretty comically terrible. Uh, anyhow, so why do I have this song at 189? So personally, I love the Beatles' take on girl group songs. For some reason, they just do them really well, and I think it's because it gives them a chance to, you know, combine their vocal blend with R&B stylings, and I really love early Beatles R&B covers. Um, they turn in a really great performance on this track all around. Uh, the vocals are great. Paul kind of starts hamming it up in his delivery on the choruses as it goes on. He gets like real staccato into like, she's got the devil in her heart. And it's a, <laughs> you know, it, it's a bit cheesy, but I kind of enjoy that. He's feeling himself. He's feeling, yeah, you can kind of see him doing like, she's got the devil. You just, you Listeners, see the dance. You can't see Jonathan doing this, but he is <laughs> shimmying. I can shimmy like nobody's business. 100%. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Anywho. You have shimmied your way through every grocery store in the greater New Orleans area. <laughs> that is valid. I love dancing in the grocery store. Anyhow. Um, so, yeah. So, Paul hams it up a little bit on the vocal. Um, George's vocal, he's at, like, his kind of scousiest best, where he's just got that real, you know, his accent really shines through at this point. Like, in earlier stuff, like, his accent is really strong. Um it's the song, it's songs like this that made me think of him when I watch Animaniacs <laughs> and they have Yakko Warner, uh-huh. uh, who sounds very much like an early George Harrison with that like thick Liverpudlian accent. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. That's adorable. Where did they come up with that? Why is I think it's through George. But why does, why is he the only one with accent? I don't know. Yeah, that's strange. Aren't they siblings? It's the Warner brothers and the Warner sister. Right. So that. Dude, it doesn't make sense. It's a cartoon, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> like they live in a water tower <laughs> on the Warner Brothers lot. Which is in California. Yeah. Why does he have a Liverpudlian accent? Someone find me. I want to reach out. Oh, dude. Season two, I'm reaching out to the creators of Animaniacs. Okay. Because that reboot is fire, y'all. If you enjoy <laughs> the Animaniacs, go watch the new ones on Netflix. Anyhow. <laughs> Or on, on, on Hulu. I think it's on Hulu. Yes. Back yeah. on track. Anyway, uh, to wrap it up, yeah. Um, you know, Ringo is fantastic on the track. It's interesting. I think there's an early stretch of Beatles stuff where they're really into, like, Latin grooves. Yes. And I found, that, like, a really odd thing that, like, they do it in 1963, and then they kind of leave it alone after that. Well, it sounds just like... Little cha cha chas. They're into the cha chas. Yes. But what was the other song from this album that it sounds just like? Uh, no, it's on Please Please Me. Oh, sorry. Um, we just did it. Ask me why? Yes. I love you. Woo, 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 woo. Yes. Yeah, I think it's that. It's that very same feel. Yeah. It's that little cha cha thing. Yes. Yeah, they like that. A little shimmy. They're a fan of that. Um, but, you know, I, I think all in all, it's a really charming track. Um, kind of like There's a Place, I think it gets overlooked just because there's so much other brilliance in the Beatles' sea of music mm-hmm. um, that enjoyable tracks tend to kind of get the backseat to, like, the classics and the brilliant, you know, amazing songs. Right. It's just sort of, like, fluffy. Yeah. It's it's just sort of like a a, a soft mint <laughs> like one of the soft peppermints. They're like very enjoyable, but if you're presented with like 10 different candies, you're not going for the soft mint first. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's still really good. Yeah. And you're happy to have one if that's the only thing that's offered. Right. Are you talking about those like pastel colored soft mints that look like a pillow? Um, uh, yes, but they or also like a make them. Mint. They also make them in red and white. Okay. But yes, like a like the soft ones that sort of like crumble. Yeah. As opposed to like the cracking starlight mint. Gotcha. Okay. Starlight mints are like meh. Yeah. Near the bottom of the list. Like they're fine. They're free at the doctor's office. Right. Yeah. Uh, no thanks. Yeah. At least like the, the soft mints are like pretty, they're the choicest of the mints. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to say, you know. This is now ranking the mints. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a ranking the mints. Should. Um. I, I do enjoy the track, you know, I like some of their kind of more obscure, you know, the, the covers of obscure songs, mm-hmm. I think are cool. 
Um, I think it, you know, it opens you up to like going to find, seek out the original version of things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those cases where the original, I think, is really, really cool. Yes. Now that I've found it, I think I prefer it. Agreed. To the Beatles version. Um, but it's nice because, like, it's it's kind of that record nerd, you know, rack flipping life of, like, finding really obscure, fun stuff that you wouldn't have found otherwise. Right. So, Which you love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think it's cool. I, I can definitely see how things like this give them, you know, that leg up because no one else is doing Devil in Her Heart at that point in time right you know if they start doing it it's because it ends up on the Beatles record right you know so and if they do Devil in Her Heart they'll know it's because the Beatles because the original was Devil in His Heart that's right so you'll know where they got it from yeah it's also interesting that like you know what do you do with this live like I don't know how things like this fit into like their live show obviously they don't because they don't really do anything with it Mm -hmm. um you know, and if, if if George is looking for a song for the live show and he's got to go for the rocker, he's going to go for Roll Over Beethoven. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine them on Ed Sullivan doing Devil in Her Heart? Totally. You can see that? Yeah. They were in a ton of bands that did boring ass songs. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. But the Beatles were never a boring ass band. True. That's True. the thing. So, yeah. yeah. I know. It's like you said, this is like one of those songs where it's just like, it's cool. It's yeah. Not bad. Right. It wasn't not like great. changing history. Yeah. But it's enjoyable. Now, when it's uh, the song, the song like this, where it's not bad, it's not great. Is it okay to have it at 189, with the things that have come before it? Because mm, I've answer. never, go, I've never gone. Eh, skip. I don't want to hear this. I'm just like, yeah, let it play. It's cool. And sometimes I'll shimmy around the house and do a little cha cha cha. Right. It makes me cha-cha around the house. There's definitely worse songs, which we have already covered. Yeah. And there's definitely better songs, which we have yet to come to. Yeah. So I I find it in a pretty good place. Like, it's it's enjoyable. Yeah. It's fine. You'll shimmy to it through the grocery store. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's good. Okay. Do you think it belongs higher or lower now? Or are you rethinking? I your... kind of am rethinking. I don't know. Mm. It's like a general higher or lower. Maybe lower, but but I I don't think it's bad. There's nothing bad about it. Right. But it's that general kind of like. It's like white bread. It's not bad, not great. Mm-hmm. There are other breads that I think are better, mm-hmm. but I'm never going to turn down white bread. Welcome it's... to ranking the breads. <laughs> You know, it's just kind of like, it's good. It's fine. I don't know. I don't know. I'm torn. I'm, I'm having like a mental thing about it. It's okay. I'm in my I'm in my headspace about it. Yeah. There's a place where I can go when I'm not sure about my rankings anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like um, 
maybe I'm giving it too much credit. What's behind it that you wish was in front of it? Oh, I don't know. Um, Long winding road. Now I've got an A. Now I'm A B in my head. Like if I put this up against back in the USSR mm. or you know the Long winding road, a better song for sure. But the what gets me with Long winding road is the performance of it and the track itself brings me down. This one doesn't bring me down. I just like, kind of skate by. Like it makes you sad? Yeah. Uh, okay. That's why I had, that's, were you, were you there for that episode? <laughs> <laughs> that track makes me so sad. Well, I just, I wanted to make sure I knew clearly what you were saying. Yeah. So, okay. And this is your ranking. So like you, it's not necessarily how, I shouldn't say, it's sort of a combination of how good the songs are plus how you enjoy them. Yeah. And you like your music fairly happy. Like, this is why when you were a teen, you were listening to the Beatles and not Nirvana like me. Right. Yeah. Like, I was like, give me all your angsty songs. And yeah. you were like, no, give me all your happy songs. <laughs> um, Valid. Yes. So... Which I have now, in my older days, <laughs> have succumbed to the escapism in my entertainment. Like, I don't want to watch scary movies. I don't want to watch, you know, like, end of days movies yeah. or anything. I don't want to watch movies where, like, people get separated from their families. Like, you didn't want like that Like an American child, tale. <laughs> I see. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, like, yeah, I didn't like sad. Right. But I'm okay like with like either. angsty. Yeah. I was okay with angsty as a teen. I think I'm less angsty now. Yeah. I might have softened. <laughs> your 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 hard candy shell is thinning over the years. I've turned into a soft mint instead of a starlight mint. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everybody loves a good soft mint. <laughs> On my way to pillow mint. <laughs> I think that's good. I like I, it. <laughs> I'll be a pillow mint when my quarantine 15 gets. <laughs> Maximum capacity. Yes. Hey, man. Pillow mint's nice and soft and comfy, though. I'm a fan. Okay, we've gone way off track. I apologize. We are. So at 189, you feel good about it? I, I feel okay about it. I, I feel can, like I can live it. with it. I can mm-hmm. live with it. I like it. All I right. Well done. Yeah. Should we uh, maybe throw some rapid fires at ourselves? Ooh. Oh. Oh. Can we get a theme song, please? JoJo looks very nervous. <laughs> What's going to happen if you rapid fire the wrong way? <laughs> Please don't rapid fire at me. Don't rapid fire my dad. <laughs> All right. Rapid fires. Rapid fire. We're going to, we need to like record this. Yeah. We just got to throw it together every yeah, time. It's, it's going to sound like Maybe season door. two is where we refine. <laughs> we got new mics for season two. A I new do. interface. Everyone. Do I sound very nice on my brand new microphone? Mm. <laughs> She's now speaking through a road pod mic. Fancy pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a new interface as well. The Audient Evo 8. Yeah, I didn't go into this expecting to spend a bunch of money. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. But thank you to our contributors. Yeah. And to all of our listeners for listening to ads who have subsidized a bit of the cost of yeah. these new things. But hopefully they increase your listening enjoyment. Yeah, hopefully it sounds a little more professional 
a little more NPR-esque. Look, we got to spruce it up for our guests next I can season. sound like Mary Louise Kelly on NPR. Ooh. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> let's do some rapid fires, eh? Yes. All right. It's not our usual rapid fires, y'all. So, because we already did those in our in our intro episodes. Anywho, so you want to start off? Is there any song where you're reconsidering your ranking? Mm, okay. Funny because we just touched on that. Um, I am reconsidering a couple of things. Um, so I do wonder if I'm maybe a little too hard on back in the USSR. Mm. Like I it, don't think you are. Kind of a rockin' tune. But I just don't know. Like, I still feel like it's maybe like manufactured inspirado, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. That's like one I kind of am like, man, that, I don't know. It also has like the grime of Mike Love on it, which I think yeah. really like. That makes it hard. Yeah. It's like tough. it tinges it for you. Yeah. yeah. I see that. Sorry. Apologies to our hardcore Beach Boy fan who listens. Mary, sorry about that, man. Look, we love the Beach Boys. We do. We hate Mike Love. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do. Um, I feel like maybe what you're doing could maybe be a little higher. Because hmm. since that episode, I like I keep like jumping back on that song and like listening again. Mm-hmm. And I like it. It's a good song. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Well, and I think you also talked earlier about um, how Dave changed your mind about Please Please Meet. Uh, Quite a bit. On P.S. I Love You. Oh, P.S. I Love You. It doesn't make me enjoy the song more. I still think it's kind of like a ho-hum little thing that it just doesn't do it for me. But, like, I appreciate it more. Okay. I don't know that I would want to listen to it more. Yeah. Um, I do think I feel a little um, uncomfortable about having Run For Your Life as an upcoming track. Um after our conversation about you like me too much and looking at songs from that perspective, as we just discussed, Mm. um, I think I, for some reason just wasn't evaluating that as on run for your life, even though it's much more obvious. Uh Um, so that song will be coming up early in season two. I think that's our second episode. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving away a ranking, yeah, but whatever, it's fine. Um, you know, I, I feel like in hindsight, I probably should have had that lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably should have caught that really rough message that mm-hmm. is in that song. Um, and I'm kind of remorseful or embarrassed about not catching that mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Um, but I also am like trying to stay. I'm staying true to the list because mm-hmm. I don't think I should change the list. Um, and I'm also going to just be upfront about it here and say, like, I feel like I probably shat the bed on having that in the one eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also they're very good at hiding uh, topics in a peppy song. Yeah. So like the, the music doesn't match the subject matter. Right. And it throws you off and you're just like, yeah. Yeah. Jazzy. Because like it's know? a cool little rock tune. <laughs> right. Like I dig the tune itself, and, and if then you like don't lyrically, think too you're hard like, oh, about fuck. it, which a lot of people don't when it comes to the early Beatles stuff. Yeah. As I said earlier, you just sort of automatically assume it's in the mindset of like a cute little love song, so you just don't think too deeply about what the words are. Yeah. 
until the day you do. And then you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like in my <laughs> head, it's like, you know, four dudes like approaching their apex of like coolest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, smoking weed, wearing cool clothes and like writing cool little rock tunes in the studio. Um, you know, and I, I can like picture them like playing it, you know, in my head, but not necessarily associating like you're singing about domestic violence and that's not great. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I do feel bad about that. I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. Like, I had definitely heard you like me too much before mm-hmm. and not really thought that hard about the lyrics until the day that I did. And then I was like, yeah, yikes. Yeah. Um. So I think that's a lot of people, and especially in Beatles fandom, when, like, God forbid you say anything that's not praising them. Yeah, yeah. They're so celebrated, and 98% of the time for good reason. Sure, sure. um, That people tend to not examine it too harshly. Right. Right. But there, you know, and one of the things that I feel like I'm really appreciating through this show so far is looking at them and looking at things lyrically more analytically and maybe appreciating more like that these are for humans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of removing that like martyrdom and that deity that Mm -hmm. we have bestowed upon the Beatles and thinking like they are humans and human emotions are very complex. Human beings are very complex. Right. Um, you know, one thing that that caught my attention this week, you know, we're recording this um, on Saturday. Su- I'm sorry, Sunday, the 20th of December. McCartney three just came out Friday. Um, we love McCartney three so far, like really a strong record, mm-hmm. really a big fan of it. And I was reading an interview that Paul did with NPR and they asked him a question that really kind of made me like uncomfortable. And it was something along the lines of like, you know you were married to Linda for 30 something years and now you've been married to Nancy for so long and you're very happy. Um, you know, and with all respect to your wife, to your current wife, when you sing, maybe I'm amazed. Do you still think of Linda? Oh God. Are you still singing these songs to Linda? And yeah. I was like, Oh my God, that's so uncomfortable. That is so uncomfortable. Like, cause okay. Yeah. They have this great like storybook romance and blah, 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 blah. But also like, Ah, gross. Like, yeah, of course he does. He wrote it about her. And you can't say like, with all respect to your wife. Cause like, you know, you're saying like, are you still thinking of your dead wife? Cause like, Oh my God, Paul and Linda forever. But like, he's it's married so to someone and they're in a relationship and they're humans. And right. he will then have to go discuss that question with her and yeah. how uncomfortable. I mean, hopefully for she, her, hopefully he's like, this was weird. And she's like, Haha, that was weird. What a weirdo. Moving right. on. Let's yeah. go I mean, enjoy our billions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You hope, but also like, oh my. I'm going to keep on being man. married to a beetle. Like, what a no, horrible that's question super weird. Like, And also like. I felt so bad for Nancy for that. Like, I mean, honestly, like. I'm sure she deals with a lot of that, but like. I don't think she on, would man. care. Like, she might not. Probably but... like, that's a weird question, but like, whatever. It's yeah. he's, They're doing it for the clicks, man. Yeah. But like. Of course he still thinks about her. He wrote the song about her and they were together for so long. And I'm sure there is a part of his heart that still loves her, even though sure. she's not present. Sure. Um, like if you died, I wouldn't be like, well, fuck that guy. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. You know, like there's a, a part of you, you know, even like if, you know, relationships end through divorce, you know, I'm sure that there's like a part of you that still loves a person well not all the time let's be clear yeah. but like 
you know, if it's amicable or something, th- that person was like a part of your life for a period of time and like you probably had some good times together and there was a reason you were with them in the first place. So they, they'll always occupy like a space in your heart, in your brain. Sure. You know, like of course he does. Like what a stupid question. Of course he thinks about her. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> what an idiot you are. <laughs> That's a, that, that, that shouldn't, it was, a, I didn't think it was a great question. And I generally think that the interviewer is a good interviewer, but that question yeah. was like, eh. I didn't feel great it's about like, that. Okay, I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't say what an idiot. That's but it. That, it was, okay. yeah, it's like sort of insensitive and just like, of yeah. course. Yeah. So we we that was not a rapid fire response. That was not a rapid that's fire. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, what is your most cringeworthy moment of season one? Ooh, um, that's a pretty easy answer for me. Uh, when we were interviewing Paul Sanchez on for his episode, uh, we were sitting here in uh, in this room on the computer, and in the midst of a great conversation with Paul, uh, my stupid foot hit the. Uh, plug on the surge protector that the computer was plugged into and unplugged the computer that was recording our conversation um, in the middle of, of him telling this great story. And so I was, I had to do like, hold on, hold on. Wait, I think I've just lost everything. So plug the computer back in, reboot everything. Uh, it appeared to me at the time that the entire conversation had been auto saved because the computer will, will do it's autosave thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought we were, we were okay. And so we finished the episode. I just assumed we were fine. I stupidly did not check. So then several weeks later, I went to edit the episode and discovered we were missing 20 minutes of the prime beef of the conversation. So I then had to call Paul and be like, Hey dude, can we redo a whole bunch of this? I'm very sorry. And he was, of course, gracious enough he to was so do gracious. it again. He yeah. was so kind about um, it. I felt like a big, big idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that was pretty cringy for That's me. okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have to make those mistakes so that we never make them again. Yes. Now I don't even come near the surge protector with my stupid big feet. You keep those size 13s far away yes. from the power. <laughs> very true. How about you? Ooh, um, this one's actually timely. Uh, we recorded a crossover podcast with our friends at Blatto Beatles. Yeah, a few w- weeks ago, mm-hmm. and um, I accidentally got real wasted. <laughs> if you if you are a listener of ours that are and you're not listening to Blatto Beatles, you should. Um, their podcast. It's three friends who every week discuss a different song. And then slot it into an ongoing ranking system. So kind of similar to what we're doing, but a very different approach. But they also do it while drinking. Yes. And towards the end of our three-hour conversation, oh which I think, I hope they've condensed. I'm, I'm sure they have. Because it was like, you know, we get on the Zoom and we chat for a bit yeah. about life. And then we start recording and sometimes we go off topic. What? Julia goes off topic? What? <laughs> Ranking the mints. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm sure they will edit it down to a reasonable listening experience. We for got y'all. drunk, man. Um, 
we did not get a chance to eat dinner before we went to record. And it was the it was like our first cold day here. And so I was like, ooh, I'm going to have a stout. And we hadn't done our like winter beer purchases yet. So the only stout we had um, was a couple of the Black is Beautiful uh, collaborations, which are the tall cans. Mm-hmm. Is that like a pint? I don't know. No, is it, no it's, not a, it's not a pint, but it's like. No, I think it is a pint. Okay, it's like the Maybe the ta- like not the twelve ounce can, like the taller the 16 ones. Sixteen ounce, which I think would be a pint, and I think so. And they're also like I don't know, eleven percent, eleven percent ABV. And I was just like sipping away as we're chatting and recording, and then I was like, oh no, what and have I done? At some point, <laughs> they have this thing called the magical mystery word, where if the word gets said, everyone does a shot. And we hit the word twice. Oh, so goodness. shots were then done. And then I think you had a second beer at some point. And, yes. Uh, we Which got, was also a mistake. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we both ended up pretty sloshy. And, so uh, I, as a consequence, really have no idea what happened in like the second half of that episode. And friends, that episode is out today. today. So let's all find out together yes. what we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> we discussed um, the song, uh, I've Just Seen a Face. Which I love. Yes. I actually picked it. And then we did a karaoke <laughs> version at the end of the episode with them. I sang, y'all. Did. They did. convinced. I was <laughs> so drunk they convinced me that I can and should sing. I've never even made gotten you to do that. <gasps> oh, so. my God. I don't even want to hear it. It's such a jam. You did great. <laughs> did you hear it? Uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> Is it bad? Oh, no. <laughs> um, It's good. <laughs> I'm definitely louder than you in it. Okay, good. So, That's probably for the best. It, I think it's cute. Your face tells me The every, version that I've heard. It's cute. Oh, no. The version I've heard so far <laughs> is just you and me. Oh, dear. It's cute. It's for our own little archives. Oh, my God. It's real cute. This is going to be terrible. I'm sorry to everyone. It's real cute. <laughs> I apologize. So go over and subscribe to Blotto Beatles and uh, join in their conversation, too, because it's super duper fun. That was a that was a good a good moment though. I didn't think it was cringeworthy, but I also haven't heard the episode yet. As we're taping it yet, so. Oh goodness. Yeah. Uh, what's been the biggest surprise of season one for you? Oh, definitely that more than like five people listen to the show every week. <laughs> when, yeah. when we started, I was like, okay, so we've definitely got like Kyle and <laughs> maybe like a couple of the guys will like tune in here and there from like your Beatles, from your Walrus Beatles band. Um, so that's like maybe three listens per week. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe like two random people from the internet will tune in. Our so first like review fun. is our eight year old nephew. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey guys, it's me, Noah. I love your podcast. <laughs> All one run on sentence because he's eight. Doesn't so understand. No, he's nine now. He's nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, what if, that is a pleasant like, surprise. Our, I know our listenership is a constantly evolving pleasant surprise. It's so great, and I'm so happy that you all enjoy this and keep coming back every week to yeah. hear more. Like, who would have thought that our silly little podcast would be enjoyable? What I find <laughs> what really is intriguing to me is this is this mystery that our when you you can see your analytics and your number of listeners of unique listeners. So the number of people that listen to each episode each week, um, that number is so much bigger than the number of people that are in our regular conversations on each ranking. Um, And those discussions are so much fun. So there's so many of you who are not, who don't go to Facebook, don't go to, or or aren't talking with us on Facebook. And that's totally cool. Um, But I would love to know 
who you people are. I would love to talk to y'all yeah, and get your thoughts on the rankings. Um, it, the conversations are a lot of fun. They get real silly. Um, so yeah. I chime in every now and then when I have something funny to say. Yeah. I let you handle like the detailed discussions. Sure. Because um, I don't know enough. To, you come like, in with like a fire ass meme. I do. I'm really good at that. <laughs> the dankest of memes. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I love seeing like new people because we have our regulars that come in that mm-hmm. I see their names every week and I, I love y'all. It's amazing. Um, I always read, even though I don't always comment, I always read. Um, and that way when I have something to say that doesn't detract from the conversation too much, I chime in. Um, but I love seeing new people pop up that like feel confident enough to like jump in and join the conversation. Yeah. It makes me happy because um, yeah, we're not like mean. That's fine. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> and judge. if anyone does get mean, we will we will shut it down. Put in smack down. Yes, we won't allow that to happen. So don't be scared. It's a judgment free zone, yeah. like Planet Fitness. We're super friendly. Only we clean things. Oh. <laughs> well, they're never going to sponsor they're us. They're not going to sponsor us. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So what are you looking forward to most in season two? Mm. Season two. I am really looking forward to not discussing Revolution 9 <gasps> while knowing that we're getting further and further away from the long and winding road. <laughs> just because now it's, now it's just funny to watch the, watch the world burn behind me. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that was actually rapid fire. I like that it. Was we, we wrapped one up quickly. What are you looking forward to in season two? Um, I am looking forward to the guests that we have booked already. Yeah, we are. We're. You know what? We're trying to be a little professional here at ranking the Beatles and booking our guests in advance, and we have some really cool people coming up. We do. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I'm very excited about it. Um, we got some really exciting people coming up. We will have some return guests. Mm-hmm. Some of our regulars mm-hmm. will, of course, be back. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm enjoying seeing how this grows. It's it's really interesting. Um, we've got a couple of confirmed guests that I would have never thought would have uh, would be on this podcast. Oh, 100 percent. People that I never thought I would speak to in my lifetime. But it turns out people like talking about the Beatles. Yeah. Or they're just really bored because of COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, other humans. Yes, I'll speak to you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see how this continues to uh, to grow and uh, and morph and change. You know, I'm I'm hoping if. Um, you know, now that, you know, in in real time, you know, it's the vaccine is becoming available right now. And I'm hoping that as that goes on and hopefully things start to kind of turn the corner and maybe we start to have like in-person events in the future. You know, maybe we can do like a live event at some point would be really fun. Yes. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see how. Or even just like record in person with local yeah. humans. I think we're mm-hmm. going to start trying to do some like, you know, as we're experimenting with our, our setup and our gear, uh, the hope is we can maybe start interviewing people locally um, in person, like outdoors. Yes. Do it in our backyard. Yes. Uh, where we can still maintain distance mm-hmm. and be safe. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how that goes in the new year. But I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So continuing to grow this bad boy. See what it does, you know. Uh, I have decided. I have made a decision. Uh-oh. I am going to officially invite... <gasps> Paul and Ringo 
to be on this show. I don't expect that they're ever going to come, <laughs> but I feel like it would be foolhardy. I would be remiss to not at least extend the... We're going to end up in the spam folder. <laughs> probably. Uh, to at least extend the offer. Anytime it does not expire. Uh, they have ultimate veto privilege. They can bounce any guest. No offense, y'all. <laughs> but if Paul wants to come talk on a song that, you know, I don't know, anybody else is talking on, you're going to get bounced for Paul. Mm. You're going to get bounced for Ringo. So That's fair. If Paul wants to talk about song number three on the list, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to have to probably drop three a little bit early. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. So I will be sending those those emails sh- soon. And they will quickly be... Deleted. Delete. They, they will be tossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Delete. I will also extend the same invite to Sean and Julian and Danny and any Beatle child that would like to come on the show. Zach Starkey, you're welcome. Plays with The Who. Play with Oasis. No big deal. No big deal. We'll have him on if he's, if he's free. If he's free. <laughs> any son you guys want to talk about, just holler. We'll make, we'll make room in the schedule. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, season two. A lot, uh, lot of good stuff to come. A lot of good songs to come. I think it's going to be a good time. I'm excited about it. So, uh, anything you want to plug, Julia, while you're here? Uh, you guys should tune into my new podcast, Ranking the Mints. We will rank all <laughs> of the mints. It will be three episodes, very in-depth. Are you going to go into, like, junior mints? Oh. Does that qualify? Like all right, four episodes. All minty candies or just, like, mm. dedicated mints? And then we have, there's, like, York peppermint patties, so mm. five episodes. Yeah. Peppermint bark? Oh, that would be a special holiday episode. Mm. Next, right, cri- next holiday episodes. season. Yeah. Six episodes. I'll do one a month beginning in June leading up to peppermint bark in December. Who's it's your perfect. co-host for this? Uh, Maxwell. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Maxwell hasn't moved the entire time. Yeah, he's a perfect co-host. I'll run this show. Is he breathing? (laughs) Yes. Oh, there we go. There we go. (laughs) Uh, Anywho, gang, uh, thank you so much for spending the last six months with us doing this silly little podcast. Uh, We are pleasantly surprised that you guys are all on board for this. So, um, yeah, thanks for hanging. And uh, we really look forward to a whole bunch more of these coming up. So many more. Yeah. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. (laughs) Well, go uh, hibernate and take a little nap because we're coming back in January. Yes. I love naps. (laughs) You do. So we're going to take next week off. Uh, So we hope you all have a very safe, happy, and healthy New Year. Um, We hope you have been and continue to enjoy your holiday season. Yeah. Yeah. And um, stay safe and stay healthy. And wear your mask. Yeah. Get a vaccine. Yeah, they're when coming. It's available. They're coming. So can't wait. Let's all get healthy and uh, get back out in public again while maintaining upgraded hygienic standards, hopefully. Yes. Wash those hands. I miss hugging my friends, but mm. I don't miss shaking hands with people I don't know. Mm. I think that might be gone for me. Mm. <laughs> I just go to a world of elbow bumps. I like it. And nods. Yeah. Hello. What's up? Hey there, friend. (laughs) Anyhow, um, so yeah, let's go ahead and sign off for the day. I think we've done a good job today. See y'all in January. It's been a pleasure, friends. 
Enjoy the rest of your holidays. We'll see you in January with Rankin' the Beatles Season Dose. Until then, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. Adios. Bye, y'all.